Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gents, what's going on? Happy Thursday, Thursday, September the 8th, 2022. Appreciate you all tuning in. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. We are live, taking your questions, your comments, your calls. 843 790 3377. That's 843 790 3377. Justin Bryant, Todd Smith. Real quick. I don't know if the. All right, the mic just cut now a little bit. Uh, what's up, man? <clears throat> what's going on? Todd Smith, Travis Lee, Elizabeth Ballard. Travi, Cody Gaskins, Gad, uh, DC, Connor Lee, Chase Floyd. What is up? Also in the Big Cock Club Discord. Have the TDC questions channel. The TDC questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Again, really excited to chat. Hold on one second. Let me unplug and plug this in. Let's see. Having some mic issues here. All right. Let's see. Let's make sure. All right, we should be good. <clears throat> okay, Muschamp Hackers. Muschamp Hackers been playing with us of late. I, I don't know. Technical issues, meddling issues, who knows. Anyways, tuning in. Um, Parrish Jordan, what's up, man? Let's see. Let me try. All right, should be good. We should be good. We just refreshed. I got to hit these melon people up because they were very complimentary of me. And uh, reached out, said if I ever need anything, let them know. I don't like how the connection goes out of whack. Here we go. Let's jump into this real quick. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How's it going, man? Dude, doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Oh, hey, man. Just called in for the show. Nice. What you got? Man, I just want to say, this is Alex. I spoke to you up here from Roanoke, Virginia. I was going to say we're excited for the game this weekend for all the members of the Roanoke Valley Gamecock Association. I love it, man. I, I saw. Yeah, I saw the number. I was like, we go. Football folks up in uh, up in Virginia. Oh, yeah. I was going to say um, everybody here is 
at first they were not jealous of us hiring Frank's son, but they're all like, we want him as our coach now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things are things are a little interesting right now in Blacksburg for sure. There's no doubt. Oh yeah, the Sun Belt definitely showed why they're probably the best conference outside the Power Five. Dude, like yeah, past weekend. Yeah, wild. <laughs> that we actually beat a team in that conference unlike the team uh, about 20 minutes down the road from yeah exactly exactly it's crazy well perfect i'll just say also i want to give a shout out to my cousin ryan who lives down in arizona he calls in on your show a lot we're actually coming down for the sc state game first game for him in almost 10 years very good nice y'all have to stop by the tailgate man y'all more than welcome we'll be out at sea wells obviously but uh yeah safe travels it'll be a lot of fun no doubt Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. I was going to say, got to get the towel. Beamer ball to the moon, baby. Yeah, beamer ball to the moon, man. Beamer ball to the moon. We love it. All right. All right, bud. Have a good day, man. All right, man. Hey, you too. I appreciate it. Exactly. Thanks so much. Good stuff. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, guys, with the uh, the mic connection. Everything looks connected. I don't know if it's Melon going on or Razorback hackers or Muschamp hackers or who's the hackers or whatever. Uh, everything connected is normal, so I'm going to try to not touch anything. But uh, anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Phil, Braddock, Cam Johnson, Tony Sharp pointing it out. Um, Paris Jordan said Chris is ugly. Why? Like, wh wh where's the hate coming from, my guy? You know, it's interesting. I won't get into this too deep, but it's interesting. I was just on JC's show, and I see the YouTube comments, and obviously I see everything on social media, stuff like that. The number of insecure grown men that expose themselves on social media is just wild it's just wild i'll leave it at that uh alex appreciate you calling in my guy always a pleasure always a pleasure thank you so much my dude uh, uh the super chat again i don't know what's going on maybe the super chat can help us pay for a new microphone i don't know what's going on here i have no idea what's going on with the mic keeps cutting in and out uh you guys let me know what's up if, uh, if we're having any issues, we'll try to get those fixed. Uh, either way, guys, also in the TDC Questions channel, be sure to head there. Craig Phillips says, what topic of the day? Um, hot topic of the day? Whatever you guys want. Hey, the spread, we, we can talk. Obviously, start talking the game more in depth. Um, P-Dog says, pick one, cut one. Mitch Jeter, Kai Kruger. Well, Kai P-Dog. Kai Pedalk is a TSUS athlete. So I think we got to go with Kai. Legally, I think we have to go with Kai, actually. We have to pick Kai. Paris Jordan says 31 to 21 Gamecocks. Okay, yeah, you guys can start dropping your uh, your score predictions if you like. We'd love to hear from you guys, whatever your predictions are. Uh, guys, before we go any further, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks because the Daily Crow is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Obviously, you all love gambling, whether it be the spreads, the totals, future bets, what have you. Why not make some money on the prop plays this season with our friends over at prize picks go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com when you do use that promo code tsus to get a 100 deposit match of 100 and we appreciate our friends at prize picks guys you can bet on everything uh the over and passing yards rushing yards interceptions touchdowns what have you college football nba nfl nfl gets going tonight by the way uh, NHL, any sport, right? But we love it because of the ability to bet on college sports. So, again, that's our friends at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use that TSUS to 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And again, we appreciate our friends over at Price Picks with their love and support of the Spurs Up show.
you guys say that the microphone is struggling. Is it like cutting in and out a lot? Um, I'm not really even hearing it on my end anymore, so I don't know what uh, what's going on. Is it is it like going from the MacBook to the to the Scarlet microphone? I mean, I could play with it, I guess, but uh, I'm all right. There we go. Tried to refresh. We will see if that works. All right, we're now on the Scarlet mic. P mod, the mic is just fatigued from JC show. Yeah, hey, the mic overall i never have i don't i don't know if it's the the, the the melon platform i don't know if it's my microphone i have no idea what's going on um i think it's the melon platform because everything on my end is gucci everything on my end i'm looking is gucci so we will try to make it work see what happens we got jc sherbert coming on at 115 by the way it is jc's day here on the daily crow it is jc's day here on the daily crow uh, we will talk to him at 1.15. Uh, taking, again, your questions, your comments, your calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Let's see. Hopefully, hopefully everything is good now moving forward. Fingers crossed. The 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 Aussie, the Aussie hackers. That's what it is. I think the Arkansas Aussie hackers. Um, anyways, guys. Check out the podcast that dropped yesterday. Full breakdown of the gambling side of this game. Of course, tomorrow's show, we will break down this football game on Saturday. Everything from top storylines, key matchups, keys to the game. I'll lock in my prediction as well. As I talk to JC, um, guys, I'll just go ahead and spoil it. I'm leaning the Arkansas way. I have not locked in a score prediction. Honestly, I've gone back and forth all week. Uh, and I think it's a game. Let me put it out there. I think it's a game that's obviously winnable. I, I don't look at this and say, Oh, my God, because of what happened in week one, we we just stand no chance. I, I think this is a toss-up game. I think it's a winnable game. Um, I, I I fully believe that South Carolina um, can go into Fayetteville. And, and, you know, we say pull the upset. You know, per Vegas, it's an upset. I mean, guys, anytime you're a nine-point underdog, right, it, it's an upset. But um, – it wouldn't be like beating a Georgia, beating an A and M. What I mean, beating a Clemson. I mean, this would be this is a winnable game. This is a winnable game. Um, let's see. I, I'm seeing some score predictions. Lynn Turner says 27 to 24 Gamecocks. Uh, we've got. Let's see who else. Who else? Who else? Who else? Phil says Coach Ford sharpening his sword. <clears throat> Cam Johnson says 35 to 30 Gamecocks. Todd Smith 24 to 21 Gamecocks in overtime. P Mod says 34 to 27. Just says cock. I don't know if he's referring to the same thing. I don't know. P-Mod's kind of sus sometimes. Par <laughs> Paris Jordan says 31 to 21 Gamecocks. Um, let's see. And again, appreciate the super chat, my guy. Thank you. Braddock says Carolina will beat Arkansas 35 to 10. 35 to 10. Jeff Gulledge, I have not seen a schedule of when the team will arrive to the stadium. Brian Dean's got 31 to 17 Gamecocks. Um, Lady Breeze says, Justin, uh, they are two defensive backs down, but Clayton White says the backups are UGA and LSU transfers. Yeah, I mean, listen, here, I, I think the way you would take the mic again, I think here's the way you attack Arkansas. The way you attack Arkansas is this. Um, I mean, through the passing game, and, and maybe you have to use the pass to open up the run. I, I just, I, I don't think this is a hot take, but I guess we can talk about it. After what you did in week one, you're not who you are in week one, right, for the entire 
duration of this season. Week one does not tell the tale of your entire season, right? But after week one where you struggled to get a push, I, I, I just, I find it really hard to believe that all of a sudden, because as we talked yesterday, you know, that was the thing. You can use the week one argument. Well, it's, it's just week one, you know what I mean? But for the offensive line, it's not. Here we go. What? Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Uh, I got my prediction for you if you're ready for it. Dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. Yep, let's hear it, man. What you got? How you feeling on this game? Let me hear your score prediction. I'll let you take the floor. I honestly, I feel like this is a game where we're going to have to establish the pass for sure because of Arkansas being down a couple of uh, secondary players. But I do think it's going to be like close. But I also feel like if we can get some key stops and have Beamer Ball show up again, I think we could wind up pulling up kind of sort of putting the nail in the coffin, so to speak. But my score is 31-28 South Carolina. Beamer Ball to the moon! Let's go! Beamer Ball to the freaking moon. Beamer ball to the freaking moon. But uh, 31 to 28 is my prediction. And uh, I will definitely be watching the game for sure. And this is also another, this is another time where we need to, we need to just go out there and play better than Arkansas. It's that simple. Play better than Arkansas, you're going to win. It's that simple. Play better than Arkansas, you're going to win. That simple. Yeah, I I would agree. And then, of course, we got to deal with Georgia. But. And I also got confirmation I will be at the game against South Carolina State. I love it. Yeah, you'll have to come back by the tailgate again. Maybe y'all can park in Seawells again. <clears throat> Why not? <laughs> well, it'll be me. It'll be it'll be it'll be me, my aunt Kim, my uncle Paul, and my cousin. One of my cousins won't be there because he's one of those fans. If you know what I mean. He's one of those fans. He's a Clemson. He's a Clemson fan. So he's one of those. Mm, Okay. One of those. So if I can talk him into it, I'll definitely swing by again. Right. Okay. Well, we'd love to have you. um, We'd love to have you. You're more than welcome. And that's honestly who the towels was for. The towels and the koozies. That's just towels and koozies. my two cousins that are going to be at the game and my aunt and uncle. So that's why I bought four towels and four koozies mm. last week. <laughs> so I love that. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, 31 to 28 is my prediction. If 
<clears throat> if we can, like, 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 like Beamer has said before, steal a possession or two by getting a blocked punt or even a blocked field goal. I, I just, I, I, I still feel like we could pull it out and get, get the dub, and leave Arkansas with a two and zero record. Hey, and I if, if think- I- this, Robbie, I'll go on record. If we block a punt, we will win the football game. I, no, no question. We make a. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's funny, but it, it, if we if we block a punt, we will win the football game. You you look at the statistics. Oh, you look at the statistics when you block a kick in a game. It's like ninety two percent of the time you win. Uh, if Beamer Ball has that right. type of impact, we, impact- we will win the football game. Yeah, and we blocked two of them last week. And I also still stand by my statement that. I would have somebody spying Arkansas's quarterback the whole time. Be stuck to him like glue, like ugly on a monkey, okay? If he goes to the concession stands, go with him. I don't care. Wherever he goes, you go. Did did you say like ugly on a monkey? Is that what did I miss that? Mm Mm-hmm. I did. I said ugly on a monkey. Like I'm pretty darn ugly, my dude. I'm just saying. Okay, I I just I I don't know. I I I thought maybe I misheard that. I don't I don't know. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. But uh, I will be watching the game most likely, probably by myself because my dad has a show this weekend. So. So you're gonna be sitting by I'll your lonesome. You're going to be sitting by your lonesome in, by in the cave, lonesome. in the cave, in the back cave. Yep, all by my lonesome, just me, myself, and I, by myself. Well, that'll be Watching fun. Watching us hopefully take care of business. We'll be thinking about you when we're at uh, Carolina Ill House in Greenville. We'll be thinking about you. Well, thanks. And believe it or not, hey, you might just think you, you might just think you're just calling in, dude. I have people ask about the TDC callers. I, I do. I, old Robbie Davis and Rebecca. And oh, oh, dude, I do, man. <laughs> but you, you'd be shocked. You really would. You would be shocked. About what? Just that, pe- that, that just people ask. They're just like, you know, how's old Robbie Davis doing? They just name drop. You know, like, you're a celebrity, man. Hey, bro, I can't help it. And I changed my name. I see. I told you I was going to change it. You did. You did. Zaxby's Hall of I Famer. I respect that. it. Zaxby's Hall of Famer. And Famer's. that is a fact. Yeah. That is a fact. But, uh, but yeah, that's my prediction. I think we'll take care of business and go into Arkansas and have us some, some pig stew. Yeah. Some pig stew, some, right, some barbecue. I love it. <clears throat> oh, yeah. With extra barbecue sauce. Absolutely. That's it. All right, man. You have a great rest of your day, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Robbie, appreciate you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Yep. Yep. Take care. Great stuff. Robbie Davis, a.k.a. Zach Spiza, Hall of Famer. Guys, let me say this before we go any further. Hey, thank you all so much for your patience. Uh, rolling with the punches. I know sometimes we have technical issues, technical difficulties. Sometimes our, our Melon streaming platform glitches. Sometimes 
the mic glitches sometimes, whatever. You know, there are glitches, there are hackers. Thank y'all so much for your patience, for for understanding, and uh, we're doing our best here on this end. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So either way, um, let's see. Chandler Butler. God, I hate the fact that this fan base will always be happy with mediocrity. That's how the Clemson's and the Bamas of the world are so good. They didn't settle and were never happy with 500. Chandler, I ask you this question. Where is that coming from? Because I was just thinking about that this morning. In the sense of not what you're saying, but I was thinking about, I think everyone would agree, there are no moral victories this weekend. There's no, well, if, if you lose close and it's a close game, th- there are no moral victories. You either win or lose, it's either success or failure. And I know that might sound a little bit harsh to some, but losing by a close margin to Arkansas on the road is no means for celebration. So I don't think anyone, Chandler, to your point, what you're saying is is being happy with mediocrity. I don't think anybody's going to be happy if South Carolina doesn't win this game Saturday. You know, what happened week one is what happened. We've talked about it all week, obviously. But the expectation is to go into Fayetteville and win and be 1-0 coming out of that game in SEC play and 2-0 overall. So there are no moral victories this weekend. You want to be a breakout team this year? You want to be what Arkansas was last year? This is one of those games you look at the schedule and say, we're going to have to steal a couple? This is one of them. I mean, this is one of them, right? And it's like I told you over the summer, it's not the most important game. It doesn't make or break your season. But if you want to set yourself up to have a big-time breakout year in 2022, this one's massive. And it's massive for Arkansas, too. It's a big game on both sides, which is what makes this game so intriguing, right? It's so big for each individual team, for you could argue, obviously, different reasons. But this is a massive game. Your SEC opener, it always is. So, Really looking forward to it. But there are no moral victories this weekend. We are expecting to win. And if you don't, nobody's going to be satisfied. I, I, I just, I don't know, Chandler. Let me see if I missed in the But Let's jump to the phone lines here. Will, what's up, man? First things first, I'll tell you this. I feel like you and Robbie Davis, by the way, are like best friends. Because I tell you, every time I get on Facebook now, I'm seeing Robbie Davis commented on Will's picture you commented on Robbie Day I'm like man Robbie Davis and Will are tight now I'd love to see that <laughs> Robbie's good people man he's hard not to like yeah yeah you know yeah he, he's very good people I, I'm just glad to see that the TDCers all just kind of coming together and getting along and yeah man it's cool it's cool we're just trying to connect Gamecock yeah. fans out here man it's family bro it's family know? indeed but uh just calling to say one thing. I, the last couple of times I've called, I've been kind of down on the offensive line. And I just want to clarify that, like, it's not like I'm rooting against them. Like, I want South Carolina to do great. I'd love for them to rush for 300 yards on Saturday. Mm. It's just I haven't seen anything yet to let me know that that's going to happen. And that's all I'm doing is just saying – you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying what I see. And, and I hope we win, and I pray we win, but it's just the fact of, you know, I don't want to be that guy that's out there saying, oh, we're going to be fine to see blah, blah. I, we have a chance to win. I feel that. Like, I do have that feeling. But at the same time, it's like, let's, let's slow the we'll roll on, on how we're – like, I just have to see how we're going to block before I can see anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the main thing for me is just not what is the defense going to do, not can we pass block, can we run block. Mm-hmm. 
That's all I care about. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, you know Will, saying? Will, listen, you're, you're preaching to the choir, man. I mean, I, I, I don't think – I don't think you should have to clarify that, you know, you're not pulling for them to fail. All you're doing is giving an honest assessment. I, I understand that it's college athletics and, you know, I, I think the reason – people take it so much more personally in college sports than professional. It's what makes college sports <clears throat> superior to pro sports, right? Because, like, nobody went to the University of the Atlanta Falcons, right? Nobody went to the University of, right. of, of the Carolina Panthers, right? So, like, you can be a fan of an NFL team, but, I mean, unless you've got a family member that played or worked for the team, like, you don't really have that that real deep ingrained connection, right? And I'm not trying to make light because, listen, I lived in Charlotte for four years and shout out to all those guys. I got a lot of buddies that were from upstate New York and they were Buffalo Bills fans and still are. And, bro, they pull for the Bills like we pull for the Gamecocks. I mean, it is a it is a lifestyle. It is their yeah. diehard. I respect the hell of it. But you get what I'm saying. Like, there's a reason why college athletics, college football is so superior because people go to these schools, they become alums, right? And, and so to be in a position where to hear anything negative about your alma mater, even if it's true, people just can't stand it, right? So that's why you're having to clarify or you feel like you have to. I understand where you're right. coming from, right? Like you're yeah. looking at South Carolina's season, their season opener, one game sample size, just what happened in that game. In no way are any yeah. – just want the same thing, 15 and 0. That, I want that, right? So, right. trust me. I, I'm just, I'm just going out there just to tell you, my guy. You, you, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, I, I try to not do it because I feel like I shouldn't have to say that. Like, I, I, like, yeah. People think I'm pulling for us to lose, and I'm making merchandise. And, bro, like, what do you think would be best for business? You think <laughs> losing is gonna help? Like, dude, I've got interest for many reasons. I've got a vested interest for many reasons. So. Yeah, we all want to see us. I understand that I have been in this for 30-plus years, and I love them as much as anybody does. Right. But I've just always been a realist when it comes to being a fan. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now that Ford is ranked 12th on a second note, how hard is our schedule this year? Like, if you look at it right now, I think we got seven top 25 teams. That we're going to play as of right now. So this game right here is crucial. It's crucial because if you're looking down that line, Vanderbilt doesn't look like an easy win now, does it? That we were everybody was shooing that in. Is that mm -hmm. an easy win now? After I saw them play a couple games, I'm not sure about that. You know, they gave us yeah. hell last year. Obviously, we we're a different team. But my point is though is that yeah, this game is a humongous game because if you do not win this and you're in that one and two hole. What happens when you play the Kentuckys and the Vanderbilts? Mm -hmm. Are you 0-4? You know, you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like we, we – this is almost a must win. It's not, but it almost is, you know? It's very close. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say this. I, I like Clark Lee a lot. Um, I like Clark Lee. I, I'm going to wait till I, I, I put the Vandy game in the in the toss – like, you know, any type of toss-up category or, or – you know, I they've beaten Hawaii and Elon. This, this – hey, this weekend will tell us a lot, right? They play Wake Forest. Um, yeah. No, I mean, the schedule's tough. I mean, the schedule is extremely tough. There's no doubt we knew that coming in. And, um, you know, I, I will say this, you know, in, in regards to this game and the importance of it, I, I talked about how tough it would be, <clears throat> how tough it would be if you started the season 
three and three, zero and three in SEC play, and then went into the bye week. But you know, and just where your fan base would be, like sitting at the halfway point, saying like, we don't have a quality win. You know, we, we've beaten Georgia State, SC State, and Charlotte. Who have we beaten? And then you risk starting three right. and four, zero and four in league play. I mean, that the fan base will be in shambles at that point, dude. Even if you beat Kentucky in week six, that's a long time to go. You know, if you if you lose to Arkansas, then you lose to Georgia. God, what's the mood going to be playing Charlotte and SC State? I mean, you're going to feel like you're sleepwalking through those games. So, right. you know, there, there's <clears> – <throat> when you look at what has taken place from the Mayo Bowl to the beginning of this season, all of the chatter and the hype and the energy and the expectations – You'd like to deliver early in this season. You, you really would. And so this is a big one to set the tone. I, I mean, listen, win or lose, it doesn't guarantee anything in this season, I don't think. Um, all I said was you need to start four and two, split Arkansas and Kentucky at minimum. But uh, it, it, it's a big one. It, it's a big one because, again, if you're going to be that breakout team this year, and you know, there's a lot of folks out there, fair or unfair, uh, have set expectations this season of, you know, I picked us to go eight and four, but you've got some people out there nine and three and, you lose this game, yeah. and, it, and it's that's one thing I hate about this game, I will say, is I look at this game, how folks looked at Kentucky. That's how I think they're looking at this game this year, how they looked at the Kentucky game last year, where it's like they almost looked at it like, okay, you beat EIU, you beat ECU last year, and they looked at it as like, all right, well, if you're legit, you're going to beat Kentucky, and if you're not, you'll lose. <clears throat> and sure enough, we lost, and a lot of folks, I hate to say it, checked out. Till we beat Florida, just just kind of kind of mentally just checked out, right? Not the diehards, but a lot of your casuals they checked out. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of folks looking at this Arkansas game the same exact way, where it's like, all right, well, if the hype's really real and we're legit, we'll beat Arkansas, and if we don't, ah, same old Gamecock six and six. We'll see you when it gets good again. That's what it feels like to me, and I, <laughs> and I hate that, yeah. but that's kind of the mindset, you know what I mean? And, you know, listen, we're all obviously pulling for that Arkansas win because of what it means for the season. I think it obviously would just set you up for for a breakout year, which is what we all want to see in year two. And, and this is the last thing I'll say about that, is that if we don't win this game, mm-hmm. that eight-win mark, especially nine wins, but eight-win mark is going to be hard to get to because you're going to be in a position – you're going to be behind the eight ball a little bit because of the way the schedule lines up. So it's just – this is huge as far as can we have that breakout season, like you said. This win goes a long way towards that. Because I think everybody's kind of counting the next one as a loss. Not saying we can't beat Georgia, but we're not there yet. Yeah, It doesn't seem like we're there yet. So this one seems like the one that everybody's kind of circling. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was going to say, my guys, I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's my, my microphone. I think it's the, the melon platform is bugging out here because we just refreshed it. So uh, I apologize. I appreciate you calling in, Will. Appreciate y'all hanging with, you know, rolling with the punches. Like I said, man, we're, we're fighting through it today. I don't know. Must champ hackers, Razorback hackers, Aussie hackers. 
the hog talk hack. No, I, I appreciate the hog talk ha having me on last night. We talked some South kind of Arkansas, had a lot of fun. Um, again, guys, we'd love to continue to hear from you. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Cocky Twan says cricket service. Cocky Twan, you and your cricket phone just pipe down a little bit. Don't, don't, maybe, maybe don't speak so loud, my guy. Um, let's see. <clears throat> I, I like the confidence, by the way. I like the confidence that I'm seeing in the chat. A lot of you picking the Gamecocks to win this football game. Um, Courtney Washington says, after last week, still say Florida is a win. Richard Hewitt says, the offense clicks, the defense bows up, and the Gamecocks win by two touchdowns. I'd love to see that. I'd, I'd love to see that, Richard. I'd love to see that. Um, let's see. John Edward, I see you commenting. Appreciate you tuned in. Let's see. Joseph, again, I went on the Hog Talk podcast last night for a live show talking this game. Joseph says the Arkansas guy you talked to was so passive aggressive and always cut you off. One thing that stood out to me was him saying this is a big game for them because you got to win the games you're supposed to. I, I don't know, Joseph. I, I appreciate him having me on. I, you know, people, people, by the way, people ask me that a lot. They're like, you know, when you go on other team shows and, you know, do, do you care when it's like they're almost talking crap or they're saying this or saying that? And I'm like, dude, I, it, it doesn't bother me. Like, they're going to see the game from their vantage point. I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about my favorite team and, and uh, you know, go on there and talk ball and how they feel is how they feel and the dust, you know, everything will be settled on Saturday. Uh, Cocky Twan, pipe down slap dick to you as well, sir. I appreciate you. All in love. Cocky Twan loves to give me crap. Cocky Twan. I don't, what is a cake boy? What, what, what I'm going to, I'm going to put Cocky Twan on the spot right now, all right? We're going to go – we are going to go to Urban Dictionary because Cocky Twan seems to like to call me a cake boy, okay? So I want to know what exactly Cocky Twan – looks like a very feminine male, also a metrosexual. A cake boy is someone light and fluffy, effeminate – I don't even know how to say the word – uh, not meaty in the slightest sense of the word. Um, let's see. A male that is often confused for being gay, but is really straight. Soft, feminine, heterosexual male. Uh, okay. So, so Cocky Twan is calling me a cake boy. So, I just wanted to throw that out there because I know a lot of folks are probably seeing the comment wondering what that is. So, uh, Cocky Twan, you, you just keep doing your thing, my guy. Keep doing your thing. Uh, so, pipe down slap dick and I'll leave it at that. Anyways, love some Urban Dictionary. I, I love some Urban Dictionary. Why not? Why not? Uh, Joe, can't get the mic to work. We are a single-digit underdog even after our performance last week. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I still think it's a toss-up game. I still think it's a toss-up game for sure. I still think it's a toss-up game. I think we got a great shot to win. Uh, feel good about it, no doubt. Let's see. TDC Questions Channel. Yeah, looks like you guys are talking about prize picks, the NFL picks, player props. I'll have to look and see. We'll have our prize picks play of the weekend. Um, we will have our prize picks play of the weekend. Probably, I'll probably post either tomorrow or probably tomorrow because Saturday morning. Um, yeah, Saturday morning, you know, the game's at noon. I'll, I'll post my prize pick play of the weekend tomorrow night. So, yeah, we got NFL starting tonight, right? Buffalo Bills and who did they play again? I, I don't even know. Man. I'm not a huge NFL guy, to be honest with you. I'm doing like a pick them. But uh, I'm not a huge NFL guy. 
I, I, you know, I'm going to try to watch a little bit more of it this year. The Rams. Okay, Rams-Bills. Great game then. Great game then. Uh, Caden Gibson says, is Georgia State pulling the upset this weekend? They play North Carolina, right? They're a 10-point underdog. Something like that. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Bills-Rams tonight. Anyways, guys, we're taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Braddock843 says, Chris, curious your thoughts on women's basketball not playing BYU because of their fan, which I'm assuming Braddock is the fan that was yelling racial slurs and stuff like that. Seems like that opens up a lot of craziness. I mean, listen, it, it's – it's here's the thing. It's a non-conference game, right, that you don't have to play. So, I say if Dawn Staley doesn't want to play him because of that and they don't feel comfortable and they want to make a stance, and we've seen Dawn Staley's not afraid to make a stance. I mean, listen, they, they can do whatever they like. They can do whatever they want. I got no issues with it. Um, support Don Staley's decision making, and you know, I mean, there's not much more to to say on it than that, really. So, I, uh, yeah, so I, I support uh, support Don Staley, whatever decision she wants to make. I mean, I mean, listen, Don Staley's the queen, right? Who, who's going to go against the decision making of Don Staley? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Richard Hewitt is going to be so funny when Furman gives Clemson a little trouble. Yeah, crazy game this weekend, and. In the Old Valley, they got to take on the Furman Paladins. Furman Paladins. What a game. Let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. DGD says, sorry, guys. Arkansas will bully you this week. We will see. Y'all got a, y'all got a tough matchup against the mighty Samford Bulldogs, right? Samford? So. Dude, I... <laughs> this is why I love the Daily Crow because it gets so random and so this and that. And you just got to, you know, there, there is, you got to love, there's nothing, nothing weaker than people going to YouTube or so, no, social media. I shouldn't just say YouTube, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm right here, bro. Pull up, bro. Pull up. Here's my address, bro. Like, bro, stop. Just, just, just stop, dude. Like, I'm sorry, bro. If you want to get in an argument, if you, if you want to literally get somebody's address, and pull up and throw hands because of what somebody said on YouTube or Twitter, bro, you're a loser, bro. You're a slap dick. You got nothing going on in life. You got nothing positive happening. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's silliness. It's silliness. But I do love the trolling, though. I do love the trolling. So, honestly, yeah, just, just, just leave it as is. But you know what I love? Cocky Twan's going to continue to tune in every single day and talk shit. He's going to talk shit on Twitter because that's what he does. That's what he does. Uh, let's see. Somebody commented. Let's see. Yeah. Got some love for Robbie Davis in the text messages. I'll just say that. Love for Robbie Davis. Appreciate Robbie Davis. Everybody loves Robbie Davis calling in. Lady Bree says, Robbie was right. Robbie was right about the spy. If we shut down the run and stop KJ from scrambling, that forces them to face our DBs. That's a matchup we can win if we move the ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think when it comes to, and I, I'm really excited to see how Clayton White attacks K.J. Jefferson. Because you just got to pick your poison, right? I mean, they're going to get their yards. They're going to score. They're a very capable offense. I mean, you look at their weapons up and down the field. Trey Knox is a really capable player on the at the tight end position. Guy they've transformed from receiver to tight end. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood, of course, a guy that we wanted that came from Oklahoma. Uh, very capable player for them. Going to be a tough matchup. You know, we all know what K.J. can do. Rocket Sanders in the backfield. Uh, I think Warren Thompson's another guy on the outside for them. So, th they've got weapons. Um, but I, I think you've got to make KJ Jefferson one dimensional, and I don't think that's <clears throat> I don't think that's any you know that's some some groundbreaking defensive game plan or scheme or what have you. But 
you know, I, I'm not comparing – I'm not saying Arkansas is Georgia State by any means. I, I'm not saying they're, they're Georgia State by any means, but I just think when you look at Georgia State and a running quarterback and a prominent run game, and, but they're going to have a better passing game. You know what I mean? I, I think you're going to see more of that. I think contain on the edge is, is going to be key yet again. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a challenge. I think it's going to be a challenge for this defense, but you've got to make K.J. Jefferson one-dimensional. And I think what you do is, you know, I talked about this last night with the Arkansas guy. You sell out on stopping the run. I, I think you sell out on stopping the run because here's the thing. If Arkansas runs the ball, it's over. I mean, that, that's where it starts really on a weekly basis. You've got to stop the run. Uh, but I think that's what you sell out on. If you really believe, listen, if you really believe this secondary is top 10 in the country and Cam Smith's an All-American and Darius Rush is what he is and, and Marcellus Dial and Devonnie Reed and R.J. Roderick and what have you, um, you believe in those guys, right? Nicky Mawari, the rest of that crew, you put them on an island and say, okay, we're going to sell out to stop the run. K.J. Jefferson, if you're going to beat us, beat us through the air. And I think then you adjust from that. But, uh, you know, I think that's how you got to attack this thing. I Personally, me, I, I want to see an attacking defense, um, send the blitz, get after them, what have you. Um, you know, I, I think you've got to make him one-dimensional, no question. And, and again, that's not some – Oh man, that's I didn't think about that. You know what I'm saying? But that that's just what you have to do in this ball game. Make KJ one dimensional. Um, because they're they're gonna score. They're, they're gonna score. You're gonna have to score to win. Um, you know, sell out on the run, as Lady Bree just said, sell out on the run. Um, yeah, and then offensively, man, it's it's no secret what's gotta happen. We've got the weapons. We we've 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 got the weapons to take advantage of an Arkansas secondary that gave up over 300 yards right through the air. Um, I, I've got no questions. Do we have capable enough weapons to score enough to keep up with Arkansas? The question is, again, at the point of attack. And, and, and if we're not good at the point of attack again, right? Because I've already said I'm, I'm not banking on it. So the question moves to this. If you're banking on that we're not going to be good at the point of attack, can we, can we scheme around that and, and put together a game plan that will give us an opportunity in this football game? right? Um, I think getting Spencer Rattler out of the pocket, letting him throw on the run, because again, as Connor Lee is saying, and others are saying, they've got a suspect secondary, right? Uh, maybe you do throw to, uh, you know, yeah, throw to open up the run game, um, but I think trying to beat Arkansas in the passing game, that, that, that's just, that's got to be the move. That has to be the move. Um, guys, you can, you can give Georgia State credit to your blue in the face about 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 their defensive front and you know listen I the coach speak has made me want to vomit this week here and the coaches say you know they, they did some things you know that we were challenges and man I get it respect your opponent give them credit but dude it's only going to get tougher like I I just it's only going to get tougher man so and after you ran for 79 yards against Georgia State and it's a week-to-week -week game right it doesn't make a lot of sense we saw this last year you ran for what 260 or 270 or whatever it was against Florida and then you ran for 48 yards against Mizzou. Like, so it doesn't make sense. So it could happen. But based off what we know right now, I don't see South Carolina surpassing 100 yards rushing in this game. Um, I think Rattler's probably sacked two or three times in this game. But you're going to have to find a way to win in the passing game. If you got to throw it 40, 45, God forbid, 50 times. If you got to throw it 50 times to win, you just do it. You, you just do it. Because that's going to be your best bet, I think, offensively to make something happen. Win with the passing game. Absolutely win with the passing game. Um, so, 
We'll see. We'll see how they attack it. Um, and then again, special teams. You know, if special teams can 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 be another plus for you. I mean, I, I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's likely you block two punts again or you block a kick at all. But you never know. Maybe maybe Beamer Ball does show itself yet again, and uh, it's another great weekend for the brand and the business and for the Gamecocks as well. Uh, let's see. Matt Jones in the TDC Questions channel. Appreciate you, Matt. He says, 23-21 to 21 Gamecocks. Mitch Jeter with a long field goal as time expires. I'd love to see that, man. I God, I'd love to see that. Woo, getting chills just thinking about it, Matt. Getting chills just thinking about it. Uh, Jeff Gullage over under. We throw 20 swing and screen passes. Uh, I, I don't know, Jeff. I don't, you know, my buddy last night was telling me, he's like, man, I tell you, I'm going to lose my mind if we come out in that first drive and we're throwing swing passes and screens to the outside. I said, man, you're probably going to end up losing your mind because I, I think that's part of our offense. I just, I really, really do. And, and, I, and I will say this. I will say this. I will say this. I, uh, let's see. Somebody just said they didn't see the link come up on Facebook, but I see people commenting on Facebook, so the link must have shown up. Um, Back to my point, though, I I will say this. We've talked a lot about the O-line this week. Deservedly so. Stand by everything I said. But I will tell you what's got to get better as well was the the, the perimeter blocking, right? Because there were plays last week that were there to be had, but, uh, you know, receivers didn't block, running backs didn't block. You just didn't get enough from those guys. You did not get enough from those guys. So blocking across the board's got to be better. But yeah, from from talking to others behind the scenes, it does sound like the game plan will go more towards what the game plan of the bowl game was. A little bit more downfield attack. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. hey the adjustments from week one to week two. I'm excited to see those. The adjustments from week one to week two. You got the weapons. You got the weapons. You just got to put them in the best possible position. Um. Zach Owens says, is your golf handicap over under Juju McDowell? I'll tell you this, Zach. I don't play enough to have an established handicap, but my handicap is well under 21. I, I can promise you. Dude, when I'm when I'm playing consistently, I'm I'm a high 70s, low 80s golfer. Believe it or not, TSUS is a good golfer. Solid golfer. Solid. Can more than hold my own on the golf course, no doubt. Uh, guys, that being said, we're going to jump into our first break. I want to continue to hear from you. And don't forget, we got J.C. Sherbert coming up at 1.15. A jam-packed show here on this Thursday. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Seven again, JC Sherbert going to join us at 115. Excited to chat with G, uh, JC. I almost said GC. JC, uh, appreciate him having me on his show. I went on Inside the Gamecocks at 1130 to talk about this game this weekend. And again, we're going to get a lot more, uh, you know, we're going to get a lot more of that conversation. And when he comes on, we'll talk a little bit about Georgia State and what happened, but mostly uh, about the game upcoming on Saturday. Gamecocks taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks as we sit now, what, less than. We are less than 48 hours away, about 47 hours or so away from kickoff in Fayetteville. And, guys, let me say this. Let, let me say this. Because, again, I think folks, some people just it, – it's it's weird how some folks label – because I, I know what's going to happen, right? And I don't care. I don't care. This is what I hope happens. But there's going to be a lot of people that if we win on Saturday, right, 
And let's say we block well. Let's say we block. We'll have to block well to win. Let's say we win, we block well. People are going to come at me in my mentions. Don't celebrate now, bro. Don't celebrate now. You wasn't with us when we was down. Don't celebrate. Don't 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 be doing it. Oh, you 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 a flip flopper. You 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 flip flop. It's like, dude, we said what we said about week one. It was what it was. It is what it is. Week one is behind us, honestly, at this point. It's behind us. My mood on this game, if there's an improvement made, I feel like we've got the pieces. We've got the players. I, I feel like we do, right? I really want to believe. I know positions. I know what the skill positions. We have them. I know we do, right? I am cautiously optimistic going in this ballgame. I'm not sitting here telling you I'm picking a win. I'm not sitting here telling you I'm picking a win. But I am cautiously optimistic. And I think I'm just more so excited than anything because, you know, we all realize this is a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for this football team. And it's like I said this morning on Twitter. You know, even with some of the issues you have up front, when you got a guy like Rattler, you have a chance, right? You have a chance. And Austin Greer mentions a lot of sharks are taking the cocks this week. Public money's on Arkansas minus eight and a half-ish, but the people who make a living doing this are taking this. Yeah, Austin, I could see it being a very close game. I, I really could. I, I think that's I think that's uh, that's not a bad play. I, I don't see it being a blowout of any sort. You know, if if Arkansas does end up winning the game by by 10 or so, I, like I don't think it's a game where like they were up by like 17 or 24 and we just kind of score a junk touchdown and make it close. I think it's a close back and forth game. I, I really, really do. I think this is going to be a good ball game. I think we're going to learn a lot. We're going to continue to to learn a lot more about our football team. And, hey, if you go out there, you score 35 points, and you perform well, and you have a great offense today, then you know what? We'll really be able to look at week one and say it was just week one. We, we just were figuring out as we went. Um, but all we can do is react to what we see on the field of play, right? But there is a great opportunity this weekend, right? This is, there is a great opportunity this weekend to shake things up a little bit, to let the college football world know we are here, right? We are here. So with that being said, like I told you guys, like I, I'm not sitting here telling you, hey, Cox by a zillion, you know, I, I think we're going we're gonna to go blow out Arkansas, but I, I am cautiously optimistic. I, I, you know, th- this, this game, there's a lot on the line for both sides, but this is why you come to these schools, you know what I mean? For, for you, you come to play in games that matter, that are meaningful, and this one certainly fits into that into that uh, into that mold. You know what I mean? I mean, it's Beamer Ball to the freaking moon, folks. It's Beamer Ball to the moon. I'm excited. I'm fired up. We all know what's got to improve, but if it does, I, I think we've got a great shot. Uh, I, there are there are there are matchups that do not favor you. There are also matchups that do, though. There there are some that do. Um, I mean, you look specifically the Gamecocks weapons on the outside and guys like Jaheim Bell and the secondary right? The secondary that Arkansas will be rolling out there um, this weekend. So, you know, physicality, run the ball, stop the run. We kind of know what Sam Pittman's all about. We all know, you know, he, he's just like a Sean Elliott on steroids. You know what I mean? He, he's just like another version, I feel like, of Sean Elliott. Um, but it's, you know, it's I was thinking about this. It's a big game on the hog side, too. I mean, you know, Austin says major letdown spot for Arkansas. You know, it, it's a huge game for them because if they're going to have the type of season, like looking at it, taking your Carolina hat off, if Arkansas is going to have the type of season they want to have this year, they need to win this game. I, I mean, there's no doubt. You're a you're a nine-point 
home favorite opened up as a double-digit home favorite. You should win. Bottom line. Like, if it was us, roles were reversed, and we were at home, and we were not, like, we'd be like, we should win this football game. It will be a major disappointment if we don't. So, um, so, Will Corb says, if the O-line blocks well, nothing would make me happier. Just didn't see it last week or last year for the most part. And yeah, Will, again, that is why folks are skeptical going in this game. It's not even just because it was week one. It's like, for that offensive line, it wasn't week one. It was the same guys as last year. So it's like, we saw what we saw all year last year. Then we saw week one. They could go out very well and have a great game and block well and, 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 and we run for 200 yards and we're having a totally different combo. But if they do that, if they do that, it will go against everything they have done to this point. Outside of a couple of, you know, Florida, UNC, I guess Auburn. But for the most part, it will go against everything they've done, you know. Um, which is, again, what the, the, the major reason I just don't think – I don't think you're going to see anybody – I don't think you're going to see anybody picking the Gamecocks this weekend. I, you know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, when you look at what you saw in week one and the, the, the matchup, if you will, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. The, the only thing you can point to for South Carolina that you really feel like this is why they'll win. And on that note, guys, let's look at what collegefootballnews.com has to say about the game, right? I, you, you guys know I'm a big fan of collegefootballnews.com and I, I like, uh, I like looking at their predictions and their thoughts on games and what they think. So they dropped their prediction yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. So their final score, this is what they say. What's going to happen? I'll just get straight into that. Uh, ben Bryant for Cincinnati hit the Arkansas secondary hard. Rattler will come up with a decent performance too. Carolina will get more of a ground game working. It won't be enough. Arkansas will be better on both lines. Pressure on Rattler will matter. And it will be another good, hard win for the Hogs. They've got Arkansas winning the game 26-20, to 20, which I think is very fair. I, I really do. It's funny. I say great minds think alike because they tend to think of this game the way that I do as well, right? I think we're going to look better. I, I, I mean, I think we're going to look better, right? Week one to week two, I think that improvement, I think that's a real thing. I, I really do. Will we be good enough on the line of scrimmage to win this football game? How well do we have to play to be good enough on the line of scrimmage to win this football game? Now, you start factoring in, in things like turnovers. You get the football of Arkansas a couple times. Who knows? Who knows? But going off of what we know, again, like I said, I'd be really surprised if you see anybody picking the Gamecocks just because line of scrimmage game, Arkansas is a line of scrimmage team. So, but hey, here's hoping. Here's hoping, man. It'd be a huge win. All you can ask for is the opportunities I've said before. And, and uh, you know, I, there, there are real reasons to think we could make this a fourth quarter game. And, and uh, you know, but again, as I mentioned earlier, I don't feel like I need to reiterate it, but there, there are no, there are no moral victories this weekend. Win or failure. I'm sorry. That's, that is what it is. There are no moral victories, right? None. So, um, We'll see what happens. I mean, I mean, there's, you know, much crazier things in college football have happened than a team that was a nine-point underdog winning a football game. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's – dude. Will, you – oh, my – I didn't even think about that. Where is our guy Luke RJ? 
bro, there weren't even there weren't even free biscuits last weekend. No free biscuits. We didn't even hit 350. Austin Greer says, I disagree with everyone. I think this game's a blowout either way. We will either win by two or three scores or lose by 25. Hmm. Austin, any reason why you think that's the case? Like, just any reason why you think it's the game is only going to be a blowout? Right? Chill on my O-line, Marie. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. Anyways, guys, 843 3377. That's 843-790-3377. Austin Greer, yes, Lavoisier Carroll was a defensive back at Georgia. Yes, he was. He was converted to DB at least. Uh I, I guess I guess I missed those comments, by the way. I thank you for reminding me. Somebody people were asking why did we not see Lavoisier Carroll? I guys, I you know, I, I think he was uh I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, listen, he did play DB last year. So you know, he did play DB last year. Cam Johnson, I, I agree. It being a noon kickoff could lead to a lopsided scoreboard. Cam, I, I like, honestly, listen, I, uh, I, uh, I like what Sam Pittman said about the, the, the kickoff times, so. About, you know, it's just an excuse. It's it's an excuse. When you don't play well, it's just, it's, well, we played early. You know, I, I like Pittman's mindset on it. Austin Greer says, I wrote a whole article about him as a running back the day he transferred. Read the article, Dumbo. Austin, I, I my friend, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you are not talking to me that way. So, I, I will give you the benefit of the doubt because I, I don't think you're you're that stupid to say that to me. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. So. I will give you the benefit of the doubt. Braddock says when they, uh, let's see. 35 to 10 is what Braddock picked over the Hogs. Oh, okay. I think you were talking to, okay, talking to Pima. I was like, what did I say? <laughs> what, what did I say? What did I say? What did I do? Anyways, 102, guys. We're in hour number two. J.C. Sherbert joining us at 115. Always exciting time to talk to J.C. Of course, I'll record tomorrow's podcast a little bit later in the day. I- I'll tell you this, too. That's how you know it's football season because I'm sitting here and, like, I- again, Austin Greer, I apologize, my guy. I, I respect you. You respect me. I-, I-, I like to keep it that way. But that's how you know it's football season is because, like, the, the intensity. You know what I mean? Like, I feel my emotions running. You know what I mean? Like the emotions, the intensity, the energy. You see it on social media. Um, you know, it, it's ratcheted up, but that's what makes it so special. I mean, that's really what makes it so special. Jimmy Mendio, you the man, man. I appreciate you. Tommy Wallace says 34 to 23, South Carolina. We kick two field goals and Arkansas kicks three. Offense does enough and defense plays. Bend but don't break. I love that. Tommy, hey, I love that. Listen, hey, here's the thing, Tommy. You're 23 for Arkansas. I can see it. I can see it. 
right? The 34 for us. That, that, that's where I'm like, will we get there? Will we get there? The, the question to me is all offense this Saturday. Which, again, is not some earth-shattering opinion, right? Like, I think you guys would all agree. But defensively, I'm confident we can do enough. Now, listen, K.J. Jefferson, fantastic player. They've got weapons on the offensive side. Big, big physical offensive line. We've got to sell out to stop the run. Four or five guys on that line are back from last year. They can run the football, right? They can run the football. We've had struggles stopping the run. And I'll be honest with you. I know that outside of, you know, the, the first series or late in the game and, you know, the defensive line took over in the season opener, I'm still kind of waiting to see in regards to claiming that the run defense is just going to be so much better than it was a season ago. I think the linebacker plays better this year. That should help us in this ballgame. Anyways, though, you're, I think you're going to do enough defensively holding them between 20 to 24 to have a shot. Special teams, guys, we all know. Special teams, I don't really think we have to worry about special teams. Uh, that's going to show up ready to go. It's just all about offense. It, it's it's just all about offense. That That's it. Can we get enough of a push, right? Can we get enough consistency? I think if you score 24 or more offensively, you got a great shot to win. You got a great chance to win. And it's crazy because I I... I I felt like even just in a year two, I felt like even just in a year two, or excuse me, game two, I felt like I would have been more confident in regards to the the offensive side and what we were going to do and our productivity. But, you know, after week one, it's just like, I'm a little little nervous. I'm a little nervous. So, um, defense will do enough, right? Defense will do enough. Special teams will do enough. Just can we move the ball offensively? That's it. That's literally what it comes down to. That's it. Uh, Matthew Calvert says, sorry, I said it that way. He says, chickens 28, hogs 24. Will he be, be rocking next weekend? Dude, I, I mean, that, I mean, it's selfishly, I mean, I, besides the fact I'm just a huge Gamecock fan, I want to see us win every game. Uh, selfishly, dude, I, I want to see us beat Arkansas because, guys, there will be no more magical week in this entire season than the week between Arkansas and Georgia for 2-0. Even with as good as Georgia is. You know what I mean? Like, even knowing, like, Georgia's probably going to be a three-touchdown favorite. Dude, it's still, if you got Georgia coming in and you're 2-0, and and, you know, you're either knocking on the door of the top 25 or maybe you're 24th or 25th or what have you. And, uh, oh, it's it's going to be a raucous environment. And, and the SEC opener against the Dogs, you just never know. Um, but it would be a raucous environment. But, again, you got to take care of your business uh, against Arkansas first. You just have to. Our guy Austin Greer also saying that he feels like we're an offensive line away from winning 10 games. You might not be wrong, my guy. I mean, maybe maybe 10 strong, but 8, 9, 10. I, I, I don't disagree with you, my guy. Like, if we had a – I mean, that's the thing. I'd love to see Spencer Rattler with a run game. Just with a run game, right? The, the complement of a run game. I think it'd be a beautiful thing. And I think you got enough weapons on the outside where – You'd be able to make defenses pay. But I, I will say if, if we're really – I'm always going to keep it a buck with you guys and keep it real and, and, and be honest. Um, you know, so, again, I, I really am excited for the game. I, I think it's a great opportunity, but I, I agree with this take right here. If we're honest with ourselves, I dig music says, 
I think at game's end, we will all know why we went hard in the trenches in recruiting the unfortunate truth. I mean, guys, I, I agree. I mean, there's a reason why we're recruiting these guys. I, I, I really do. Um, there's a reason why we are recruiting these guys. There's a reason why we're recruiting these big-time trench guys. We, we, we need help up front. Both sides. Both sides. No, that's not a slight to anybody. That's not disrespect. But we do. You know, we, we just do. We have to upgrade talent across the board. Um, that includes O-line, D-line, everybody. Everything. Everything. So, recruiting is the name of the game. Um, but you've obviously got enough, you feel like, on the offensive front to be better than you were last week. That's, 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 that's a given. So, uh, let's see. I see, listen, I see you guys going off in the chat about the Dawn Staley thing. And I, listen, guys, I, I don't know enough about it. I stay in my lane, right? When you're talking about South Carolina, the government, get, I, dude, I'm a sports guy. I'm, I'm not trying to get involved with anything like that. I, you know, listen, Dawn Staley doesn't want to play BYU. I don't really give, I, I don't really give a damn if she, like, do y'all care if we play BYU? Does it matter? I, 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 and I, and I don't know even enough about the whole situation to comment on it much further. Um, I support Dawn Staley. She's our coach, national championship coach. I that's about all I got for you on it. So I just I see all the comments, but uh I got nothing on it. So let's see. Anyways, guys, we got JC Sherbert coming up. We're going to go ahead and jump into a quick break, but on the other side, we will get JC in here to talk a little bit about what happened in week one against Georgia State, but mainly focus on this weekend as the Gamecocks take. We'll get try to get this one, one call. Hunter, give me one comment real quick, and then we got to jump into a break because we got JC Sherbert coming on in five minutes. What's up? Yeah, no problem. Um, I actually just got one question. Uh, yeah. I, I know you probably already said it before, but uh, for the – Carolina and Arkansas game. Uh, can you is it is it like the Georgia State where you have to uh, watch it on ESPN Plus or can you just watch it on regular TV? No. So this game will be, I think ESPN. Let me give you a definitive answer real quick. I've got the schedule right here. No, this yeah yep. ESPN. This game is on the big channel ESPN. You should have no issues getting this game, watching this game. So no no pluses, no streaming. ESPN where you can watch the game. Twelve o'clock Eastern. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I want to make sure because, you know, Georgia State, obviously, I've tried to watch it on YouTube, and you have to have ESPN Plus. And yeah. stupid, so. No, yeah, ESPN, big uh, channel. I appreciate big it. Channel. Yeah, Sorry Hunter. about that. No, you're good. Appreciate you, Hunter. Thanks so oh. much for the call. All right, we're jumping into a break. On the other side, J.C. Sherbert, we will talk to you guys in just a second. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back here on the Daily Crow. It is 1.15 here on this Thursday, September the 8th, 2022. As we get ready for kickoff Saturday in Fayetteville, we are less than 48 hours away from South Carolina season opener. Who better to help us break it down? Jason Herbert joins us each and every single Thursday from the Big Spur inside Hancock's. Check him out. JC, great to see you again, my friend. Appreciate you having me on your show this morning. And, Again, always a pleasure to chat with you here on this Thursday. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Absolutely. Been looking forward to this segment all week, man. And uh, certainly uh, 
after you left on our chat box line or whatever, you, know, you get a lot of compliments. You're like, hey, Chris is my favorite guest, things like that. So, man, good things are happening uh, with, with these segments. But, uh, yeah, certainly uh, looking forward to this game Saturday. And, um, you know, the start of SEC play is always uh, special, I, I think, yeah. for any program and in South Carolina as well. And uh, I know a lot of Gamecocks are going out to Fayetteville. First time they've been out there since 2013. And, uh Hopefully they'll have a, a nice trip and uh, come home victorious. But that's, I was going to uh, say, man, hope, hopefully a uh, a similar trip to the last time because I, I was just oh, looking wow. back at those highlights. <laughs> I was like, my God, we it just goes to show how good those teams were. I mean, we just beat the brakes off of Arkansas that, uh, with, with the yeah. Connor Shaws and the Ellingtons and the Demir Birds and the Clownies, and the list just goes on and on. And I mean, in that game too, it was like you know, I think the run defense that year, gosh was a little suspect, I think, heading out there. And so pe people kind of worried. Arkansas ran it right down the field, scored yeah, a touchdown. Yeah. And then I think they had a turnover that cost them, and uh, it unraveled for the Razorbacks and yeah. Brett Bielema from there. I mean, that was a – and Spurrier, of course, had the, the famous quote afterwards. I feel, feel sorry for Arkansas getting beat like, like that on homecoming. He kind of he kind of smirked, you know, like, why would you schedule us for homecoming? Yeah. You know, but that yeah. was uh, – that was the last time they've been out there. Of course, one game since then in 2017. That was kind of a turnover game. South Carolina had yeah. uh, Scott Moore, T.J. Brunson had big days, 48-22 there. So, you know, Carolina in the last three games has, has really gotten the best uh, of Arkansas. Yeah. They've uh, they, they've beat them pretty good, but uh, different program right now yeah. for, for the Razorbacks. Yeah. yeah, like you mentioned, again, it's interesting. Gamecocks are on a three-game winning streak in this series, and, of course, we used to play them every single year because of the – the uh, the expansion of the conference that's no longer I think many of us probably wish we could uh, we could trade out A and M to play Arkansas again no disrespect to the Razorbacks but it just yeah. hasn't gone well playing A and M J C obviously I want to spend the majority of of your segment today talking about that game this weekend before we do though let's just really quickly look back the season opener Gamecocks get a twenty one point victory uh, thirty five to fourteen over Georgia State start one and zero and that is the main takeaway but obviously not as you saw not all twenty one point wins are built equally. Um, you don't want to overreact to week one. We've heard all week the greatest improvements from week one to week two. Bottom lines, you're one to know. But just really quickly, what were your main takeaways? Anything major stand out to you from that first game? Well, I, I think South Carolina beat a good football team. Um, I, I think Georgia State will have a good year, even if – I mean, will they win the Sun Belt? That's in question. Will they beat North Carolina this weekend? I, I think they'll put up more than 14 points on Gene Chizik's defense. Uh, I can tell you that right now at home. Yeah. But uh, – you know, the outcome was fine. I mean, I think most people's prediction, and I got a little ahead of myself last Friday and, and said, I'm going to go with my 51-point uh, deal. I was totally wrong. <laughs> just I'll just admit it. Even breaking down the game, I was wrong about what would happen and stuff. But I think most people had that spot, that score prediction. I mean, so I've gone to cover the 12-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, obviously, the special teams with two block punts were huge in, in the football game. Um, and, and I thought the run defense held up better maybe like cons more consistently than, than expected I, I thought you know and like you said earlier 200 yards 200 yards you, you, you still got to plug the lead so to speak um but you know seven three and outs I think in 13 drives I mean I guess a team like Georgia State that wants to you know keep running what they do and, and eventually it'll, it'll work and, and drive you to death and, and drive up and down the field uh that's that's the answer force three and out so I, I thought you know, it was a good, solid opener for the defense. I thought the linebackers looked vastly improved. 
Um, secondary, we'll get more of a test this week, obviously. Uh, but I thought they played fine. Um, you know, and, uh, and we'll see about the pass rush because that, this is this is kind of another one of those games where it's not really a a blitzing type game. It's more of a containment type deal. You got to contain KJ Jefferson. Um, but overall, man, and look, I, I, and I've seen all the stuff, all the videos you put up on your social media channels and stuff about the atmosphere, the lights, and uh, you know, just to, as a as a quick aside here, hats off to everybody that was involved with that because. And also the 80,000 fans for showing up. I mean, that, that you know, South Carolina hadn't been getting that many for a, a Sunbelt team, right? Uh, and so I think, uh, you know, hats off to everybody involved in the atmosphere and everything else. Uh, the one thing, obviously, that was disappointing was was the way the offense performed, uh, the yardage, the, the you know, just the real kind of cattywampus play uh, by the line uh, and, and, and the blockers in general. So uh, I think uh, – it was a lot to coach on, a lot to correct. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the offensive line will just have to see. I think in terms of perimeter blocking, that stuff can be can be cleaned up. I mean, that's uh, that's something that you, you – know, I think Marcus Satterfield said it this week. They worked on it in practice uh, yeah. all week. That that can be cleaned up. And I, and I think maybe, Chris, if, 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 you know, we would have all understood, too, the O-line was not good because of the rushing attack and all that. But maybe if they if they'd have gotten better perimeter blocking uh, the other night, some of those screen passes that were one two yards or losses, uh, they could have been huge gains. I mean, because you know we didn't see the Gamecock receivers really break into the open field at any point. Right. Um, and so I, th- I think you can clean those up. Uh, you can have a more successful uh, passing attack, but obviously, you know, still the run game's a, a big concern. And, and you're you're dead dead on arrival in this league if you can't run the football. I mean, yeah. you have to be able to run it uh, at least to a certain extent. So, yeah. uh, but all in all, you know, look, you, 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 f- first games are funny. You take you take them uh, if they're wins, uh, and you, you, you're glad you didn't shockingly lose uh, like Tennessee did a couple of years ago. Um, you're glad that you got out of there with a win. Yeah, for sure. And, and, J.C., speaking to your point, by the way, on the atmosphere, because I was in there, I tell you, man, truly kudos to Gamecock Nation. I mean, that had a feeling of like the 2010 to 13 type of crowd where it was just jam-packed every single week. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And that, that atmosphere was absolutely electric. And obviously you hope for a uh, a positive result, a.k.a. a win this weekend because you know Georgia will be that and, and much, much more in a little less than two weeks. Let's move to this weekend, obviously, J.C., again, the SEC opener – uh, we'll talk first outside of the game itself, this series between South Carolina and Arkansas. Because you look at the Gamecocks, um, there's some series they have with the SEC teams that, you know, a little bit lopsided just due to history or whatever reasons. You look at this one, though, I think it's Arkansas leads the series 13-10, and 10, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. but the Gamecocks yeah. have won three in a row. But a really good competitive back-and-forth series. Obviously, you've covered the Gamecocks for a long time, just – your thoughts on this game returning and what you remember vividly from when South Carolina has played the Razorbacks? Because it seemed like they'll get Carolina a couple years in a row. We get them a couple years in a row. But, you know, from what I recall, when this was a yearly game, this was always one I felt like you could look at. You always felt like that was going to be a really hard-fought competitive football game. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it, it, it's always – these two teams kind of uh, – because they did play every year from 92 to, to 2013. Right. And yeah. so uh, these two teams always, I, I think, kind of look at each other as, Oh man, we got to go play Arkansas or, Oh man, we got to go play South Carolina. Uh, and, and it, there was, 
intent behind why Carolina played Arkansas. It was because they both came in the league at the same time. Right. Uh, it seems like at times, if you're you know a South Carolina person, that uh, the SEC doesn't do you any favors with these scheduling, but they, they do try to be fair. I mean, you know, they matched up. You know, the first two permanent opponents from the West for Carolina were Mississippi State and Arkansas, uh, whereas other schools, I think, I think Florida had Auburn and LSU. So they do try to match that, and, and that's something to look for when they redo the scheduling here pretty soon. Um, but then it just seems like, you know, when, when an Arkansas does come on the schedule or when they, they roll off or a Mississippi State rolls off, they go from, like, historically good and winning division titles to, ah, they're the worst team in the SEC for two years in a row, you know. Right. Uh, and then the game cuts, you know, A&M shuffles on. And, you know, A&M was a 6-6 six and six team coming out of the Big 12. And then that first year they had a guy named Johnny Manziel. And all of a sudden they're great, you know. But it's, um, uh, you know, it, 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 you think back to it, the, the first game they played, uh, and this was Sparky Woods' second to last year was the Tanny Hill year where he took over middle of the season. Carolina, that beginning of that year, was they were god-awful. It was their first year in the SEC. Uh, they had Georgia as the opener. They had Georgia down 6 nothing and a half. Georgia ended up – had Garrison Hurst and those guys. Ended up winning 28-6. Uh, Arkansas comes to town. Arkansas had just lost to the Citadel, okay? And they fired Jack Crow right after that game. They are like, no, no more. And so uh, I think Joe Kynes took over uh, as the interim, and he's – for those of you who don't know who Joe Kynes is, he, he was the interim coach at Bama for the bowl game before Saban came in. He's got that real famous, hey, we got to get out of here. Just look it up, Alabama loud coach. Yeah. And um, so Kynes took over as the interim, and they hired a, a defensive consultant named Danny Ford and brought him out there and put him on staff after they fired Crow. And so then they come to Columbia, and I think a lot of people thought, hey, this team just lost to the Citadel. South Carolina should beat them. It was a waxing 45-7. to So right off the bat, this series was like Arkansas smack Carolina in the face. Um, weird games. Like Brad Scott, his first year, uh, you know, nobody ever talked about Brad Scott's teams playing defense. They shut Arkansas out 14-0. It was a weird – one of those weird games where Carolina couldn't score – uh, that was one of Danny Ford's teams. Uh, the Houston Nut, Lou Holtz uh, thing where, like, they moved that game to Little Rock because of Lou, you know, when he was here. Uh, Gamecocks actually played out instead of Fayetteville. They played in Little Rock from, like, 97 to 03. Um, I'll never forget Kenny McKinley, one of the best plays he ever made, the late Kenny McKinley in his career, was when Spurrier was the coach. and. Uh, in his first season, South Carolina, you know, I think they had just beat Tennessee on the road. They got to Arkansas, mm -hmm. and um, that had not been a pretty place for the Gamecocks. And I think Oris Lambert picked off a pass mm -hmm. midfield, and in classic Spurrier fashion, play yeah. action, play action, deep post. Kenny called it. Gamecocks won, mm -hmm. uh, and I believe uh, that clinched bowl eligibility, and that was a big deal that year. Yeah. Um you know, guys like Matt Jones, who Carolina could never stop. <laughs> uh, Madre Hill had a record-setting game against the Gamecocks in the early 90s. Uh, Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis, we all know the score there. Yeah. And then something about, about those Spurrier teams, the good ones, that, that doesn't get talked about a lot. Bobby Petrino owned them. Yeah, I, remember, I remember 2010, like the SEC East, like we just got smacked by them. Smacked, at home. right? Yeah. And then went to, went to Florida and smacked them the next week. Right, right. right. Uh, and then out there in 2011, 
Uh, Devin Taylor actually picked uh, – Devin Taylor had a great pick six in that game. Still, I mean, 44-28, that was the one team and one coach yeah. in Ellis Johnson's career in South Carolina. He just had trouble. But, well, then, And then we know what happened to Petrino. Nobody was sad to see him go. And it uh, John L. Smith takes over for the year, and they're not that good. And that's the famous DJ Swearinger game. Uh, who cares? And, yeah, who cares? Oh, you know, and uh, and uh, and that game was actually on CBS for whatever reason. And uh, and then you know, like you said, the fifty-two-seven, and then the, the one game with Belima uh, with Will's team. So that's uh, I, uh, I I've been out there once. Uh, that was in 09. South Carolina lost that one to Petrino, um, but uh, it, it's a good fan base. Uh, I think when they were playing every year, everybody kind of got used to each other. Kind of, hey, you're a South Carolina guy. Uh, obviously, in baseball, uh, there have been there have been some epic battles, including the College yeah. World Series in 2012, yeah. uh, the Super Regional uh, a few years back, Kingston's first year. Uh, so, so these schools are familiar with each other. It's uh, uh, the series, though. I, I think it's just been one of those interesting SEC type things where, you know, you are kind of thrown in, and all of a sudden you develop a new uh, a new team. You're kind of concerned about every season and you know i, I doubt they're going to put arkansas back on the schedule when they redo everything i kind of think it's going to be mississippi it could be mississippi state again but I, I don't i don't see arkansas you know with texas and everybody out there as potential permanent opponents but uh it's a, it, it was a good it's been a good series and kind of you know back and forth and one of those things chris where you know there's been some some pretty unexpected outcomes yeah, and again, two programs, I think, J.C., that are sort of, at least right now, pretty similar. You look at the head coaches, both cultural fits of their respective schools, and both programs sort of trying to have those, you know, have, have breakout seasons. I guess Arkansas has had theirs last year, but both programs that feel like they're on the up and up, they're on the rise and trying to get to that next level. Let's, let's move to the game, obviously, this weekend, J.C., a huge one, a big one, great opportunity. It's a big game for both schools for their own respective reasons. Let's start offensively, though. That, that's where everything was left to be desired, right, coming out of the season over. You know, I've, I've never left a 21-point victory with the mixed emotions, you know, that I really had. And I, I tell people this, and I know some have, have gotten sick of it, and they probably think I'm an insufferable asshole at this point. But I've just – I've never ranted so much on a Monday show after a 21-point victory, but just because of the high expectations and hopes of the offense and – the struggles of the offensive line, the one thing we wanted to see play well in week one. But I'll ask you this. How much different do you expect the offense to look this weekend? Because I have to – it feels like almost there was this specific game plan for Georgia State um, because of what they do. I'd have to imagine that's revamped and rehauled, you know, or overhauled somewhat at least. Um you know, what are you expecting from this Gamecocks offense? Obviously, it's an Arkansas defense. They gave up over 300 passing yards to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, high-quality football team. But I feel like the Gamecocks have certainly got the playmakers and the athletes, the skill position players, to have a lot of success. A lot of it will come back, though, that offensive line. We saw the talent of Spencer Rattler, him throwing on the run, his pure passing ability. Just overall – what are you expecting from this Gamecocks offense? Do you expect a massive amount of improvement? How do you think they should attack Arkansas this weekend? You know, I, my expectations are, are, are that they get better. I mean, they got they got to get they got to get they got to get their act together, so to speak, right? Um, and a lot of times between game one and game two, you do that. I, I'll say this about Georgia State's defense: South Carolina's not the first SEC team. Uh, that struggled with those guys uh, and their style of play. Um, 
but the, the other two teams that struggled it ended up not being very good teams. I think uh, Tennessee, when they lost, they finished their year pretty good, didn't really beat anybody, finished eight and five, and then Auburn fell apart last season, as we all know. Uh, so I hope that's not an ominous sign. So uh, I, I do think, though, that, that their style of play does present some challenges. Uh, it seemed to me like Marcus Satterfield in his press conference Wednesday was just kind of ready to flush it and move on. Uh, I do think South Carolina has uh, better players uh, on offense than, than last year by a mile. I think they showed uh, that they have more weapons. Uh, I think they have the weapons to go out there and, and put points on the scoreboard. I think they're better than Cincinnati talent-wise. I mean, honestly, just to be honest. Now, will they block as well as Cincinnati? I mean, you know, you're talking about uh, the Bearcats. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, Luke Fickle's probably not going to put up with bad blocking and you know, a bunch of those Midwestern offensive line guys. And, and, and talking to our Arkansas insider, Trey Biddy this week, he said he was surprised at how big Cincinnati was. They, they, they were not, not small. Um, but, but, you know, my expectations are, look, man, you've got Spencer Rattler, you've got Juice Wells, you've got Josh Van and Austin Stogner, who I'm hoping we'll hear more from this week. Uh, Jalen Brooks obviously had a great game. You've got Amari and Brown you can send deep, a really fast guy. You've got really good backs. There's no excuse. You know, um, you know, I, I would understand if, if you know, this were Georgia, they were going to play this week and the defense that the dogs put on the field last week. But, you know, Arkansas, uh, you know, it's kind of a they, they won kind of like they normally do. You know, they said so they give up some points. They'll, 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 they'll bleed the clock on you. They'll run the football. They'll surprise you with some gadget plays. Um, and they end up, you know, it's 30 to 20 type deal, you know, a lot of the time. So. You know, to, to me, you know, there's no reason why South Carolina can't go out there and show, you know, pretty dramatic improvement uh, on offense this week. I was going to say, JC, do you feel like the Gamecocks, are they capable of winning in spite of the offensive line? Like, like if it's if it's just not there, and I'm not saying the level we saw in week one, but let's just say for whatever reason, the offensive line doesn't perform the way we'd like to yet again. Um, you know, we – one of the things that rings out to me from from uh, the previous regime, stay stingy in the run game, stingy in the run game. Well, it looks like to me Arkansas's defense is susceptible to the pass. I mean, do you get to a point where you sort of just scrap that and say, hey, if we've, if we've got to throw it 50 times to win, we'll go do it? I mean, is it – I mean, what, what do you think about that? I mean, it, does it does it does it have to – does the offensive line have to take a major jump to have any shot in this, in this game? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the problem I think is going to happen, Chris, is if they don't, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to run the ball. So, the, the, the you know, it would it be nice if they could? Yes. Uh, you know, but if you got to throw it – good coaches, uh, if they have to throw it 50 times to win, they will, right? You know, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's the bottom line. It, this is not uh, an experimental lab. Uh, you know, and I said that about uh, Will Muschamp's last defense in South Carolina. I was like, this is not an NFL uh, training facility. This is a college football program, and you get you need to win, you know, and that's the bottom line. You can develop all the individual talents you want. That Your players can go to the league and be prepared all you want. But uh, if you're not winning, you know, you're not really serving your purpose. And so um, it's, uh, you know, it's a situation where, uh, if they don't uh, get a push in the run game, I, I think they can get some things going uh, in the throw game. Uh, you know, but what concerns me uh, is if uh, Arkansas starts getting pressure with three, uh, and then they're going to drop eight. That's what Barry Odom loves to do. They did it to Ole Miss uh, in 2020. Matt Corral threw six interceptions in that game. 
Uh, you know, and, and, and Arkansas was able to get pressure with three. Now, you know, they've got talent on their D-line, that, but they're some newcomers, you know. They're guys like they played at LSU last year, like Landon Jackson or Terry Hampton, who I really like as a, uh, a nose tackle from Arkansas State that they got out of the portal. They had a really good class from the portal, Chris, just like Carolina did. Uh, and so these guys are still kind of feeling their way uh, a little bit. They're banged up in the secondary. Uh, obviously, you don't just replace Catalan because he's elite. But Latavius Brini, who started 12 games at Georgia last year, is his backup. So, so you you have that SEC experience uh, in terms of depth. Uh, so, in my opinion, uh, injured in the secondary or not, if they're able to get pressure with three, it's going to be a long day because you're not only not going to be able to run it, uh, you're going to have Spencer running for his life all day. And unlike Georgia State, they kind of gambled, and you know maybe there's some opportunities downfield. Uh, Arkansas is going to have you know the, the zone flooded, and, and and that obviously can lead to picks and you know throw away you know a throwaway at best. So you know that that's the issue is is if Arkansas and they'll try to do it, they'll try to get pressure with three, and if they don't, then they'll start creeping up, sending somebody, and then and that's good, you know. But that that's my biggest concern uh, in terms of you know, what could derail the passing game uh, on Saturday for Carolina uh, and, and, and all that. that. That's, that's you know, it shouldn't be that hard for five to block three, right? But it is at times. And if they get pressure with that, that's not uh, not going to be good. Yeah. And a guy I feel like, JC, before we move to the other side, we need to mention Bumper Pool for Arkansas. Number one yeah. is going to set their career tackles record this season very soon, probably a number two one of the best names in college football, Bumper Pool. And you talk about great linebackers. He, he's certainly up there, man. He, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch what he does for them. Yeah, Bumper Pool and Storm Duck from, uh, <laughs> from Boylan Springs and plays in North Carolina. Those two are great names. But he's a heck of a linebacker. They got another kid, Drew Sanders, because they came in from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. That's an NFL guy in the future, I think. You know, they, they've got players uh, on that defense. But um, – you know, it's 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 a little leaky against the pass. Just to just to be honest, and if South Carolina can find a way to manufacture a run game, uh, that's even better because yeah. then, you know, they're not going to be able uh, to really you know try to come after you and, and do stunts. I mean, they're going to have to respect the run and creep up, and then you can go over the top, and you know that's when you, you get to test some of these newcomers in their secondary. JC, let's move to the other side of the football, and we'll start again with quarterback play. I think the quarterback matchup in this one's awesome with Rattler going against KJ Jefferson. Uh, Jefferson, big body guy, six foot four, 240. You look at his stat line last week. I mean, he's not just a guy that's going to beat you on the ground. 18 to 26, 223, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He also ran 18 times for 62 yards in the score. And, uh, you know, J.C., of course, we all know about the Gamecocks, you know, just glowing history against dual-threat quarterbacks, right? <laughs> especially big-body ones. Just talk about, though, K.J. Jefferson's game specifically, uh, what you think about him overall, and how do the Gamecocks attack him? Uh, do they have to make him? I would believe they've got to make him one-dimensional. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got to get – Shane Beamer said it best today. you got to get him on the ground. I mean, that – yeah, he's not Cam Newton, Chris, because uh, right. very few people were like – <laughs> the college Cam Newton, right. uh, but similar to Cam, uh, you'll you'll see defenders bounce off of him, you know, and not be able to get him down. They'll have. I it. I, I noticed that watching the yeah. highlights, man. It, it, it he he'd be they they'd hit him about three four yards short of the stick, and it's almost like they just deflected but, right off him. And he's a tough guy to bring down for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know he, he gets what I call I like to call miscellaneous yards. 
Um, but that means, you know, to me, and this is this is just like a Sherbertism. I just kind of like what I think. Um, you know, you'll have him stop. You'll think he got five. But then he keeps steamrolling a little bit, and, 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 you know, all of a sudden it's eight, and it's third and two. And when you're playing against a, a Kendall Browse offense, that's the most lethal thing that can happen to your defense is for them to be in like third and two, second and two, second and short, any kind of short distance, because he can call anything he wants. And uh, they've got so many little gadget plays and so many runs off of passes. Their tight end, Trey Knox, I think is elite. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to – the best way to defend that th- that stuff is to, to get them in third and seven, third and eight, third and nine. Yeah. And then they become kind of a straight drop-back passing team. They can still beat you doing that. But yeah. – uh, that, that's the best case scenario. Then you come after him, um, get him to run around, hopefully, and he will make a mistake from time to time. He's much better than he was last year throwing the ball and making reads. Uh, their receiving core, though, Chris, has – and I like the matchup. I like the matchup Carolina's DBs against their receiving core. A lot of name guys, right, like Castlewood and uh, Warren Thompson and, and Atlanta. All, they were all pretty highly regarded recruits. Uh, but, but their name, they haven't really, you know – done what people expected uh, them to do. Now, uh, can they end up uh, having a great year uh, at Arkansas and, and putting up numbers? But yeah, but they haven't to date. They didn't do it in their old school. Didn't do it against Cincinnati. So um, I, th- I think it's the best case scenario for Carolina. First, second down, you, you got to make sure they're not churning out rushing yardage and, and you get them in passing downs. Uh, and then you see, you know, are these receivers really that good? And my, I think that, you know, when you talk about the Carolina secondary, uh, I think I, I like the matchup for the Gamecocks right now. I also had this about the dual threat guys. And, you know, to Clayton White's credit, uh, last year against Florida and, and in North Carolina, that, that's the one thing you want. You want to stop Sam Howell from running. You want to stop Emory Jones from running last year. I thought they had a great game plan in both of those games, uh, you know, we all uh, rightfully so get nervous about the dual threat quarterbacks at Carolina because historically it has not gone well, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I kind of look back on last year's D and, and how they played those two teams. And, you know, frankly, I think, I think something similar could work, uh, you know, similar to what they did against, against North Carolina. There's not a ton of difference between what, what Longo likes to do uh, and what Kimball Browse likes to do. And so it, it's that similar style of attack. Um, and so I, I would kind of expect Carolina to, to implement some concepts similar to what they did in the bowl game. Yeah. Now, you, you talk about, again, that Arkansas offense, J.C., outside of K.J. Jefferson. And they've got very capable players, NFL type of guys, Rocket Sanders, of course, at running back. You mentioned Hazelwood. You mentioned Trey Knox. You mentioned Warren Thompson, some real big body guys. Uh, outside of the obvious, which is the matchup with K.J. and slowing him down, is there, is there a specific matchup you're looking for uh, when the Gamecocks defense is on the field that they need to win more often than not to have a shot to, to win this football game? Oh, I think this is a huge football game for Zach Pickens and Boogie Huntley uh, and whoever else is in there at D-Tackle, MJ Webb, Tonka Hemingway, you name it. Um, because Arkansas is one of the best defense, offensive lines in the country. They're big, they're physical. They normally do, Chris. I mean, and Sam Pittman is their head coach, so I – I don't think their offensive line is going to, to, to do anything but get better over the years. Um, you know, that's a challenge because they can block. I mean, sometimes you watch them and K.J. Jefferson has literally all day, literally all day back there. 
you know, gets to run around and have a cup of coffee, you know, take a, take a nap. I mean, you know, and South Carolina has to get pressure. You know, this is not necessarily one of those games where I think, you know, that Arkansas is going to throw it 50 times. And so it's blitz, blitz, blitz. But, you know, there comes a point when they drop him back, he doesn't have anybody open. You got to get him on the ground or force him into making a mistake. Uh, and that's going to be up to, uh, you know, the interior of the, of the defensive line to a certain extent. And also uh, Jordan Birch and Jordan Strong. I thought Birch, uh, well, Birch, surprisingly, I didn't expect him to to play probably as well as he did Saturday night. So I, I think he needs to keep keep coming and keep taking another step. And, um, and they've got to be able to get off blocks. Um, and they've got to be able to free the linebackers like Kaba and Johnson, um, you know, to get let them make tackles and play like they're capable. So I'm I, that offensive line for Arkansas versus the D line for Carolina. Uh, it's a matchup I would favor the Hogs right now, uh, but I don't think I don't think there's any reason why Carolina can't uh, compete and at least uh, make it like a stalemate against that bunch, and, and that would be awfully helpful. I think in terms of disrupting their entire uh, offense. Yeah. JC, I'm glad you bring that up too, man. Cause I, I, I think that's a huge matchup too, because of, you know, we heard Shane Beamer all preseason, you know, talk about the defensive tackles, how they're the best position group, maybe on the football team, right? The deepest. And so, you know, if that's the case, if that's going to be the case this season, this is a game where they got to show up. You know what I mean? Like This is a game where it's like, all right, well, you, you got all that praise in the preseason. Let's see why Coach Beamer was saying that. And, again, it goes beyond them, of course. Everybody's got to do their job. But like you mentioned, it's a huge game for guys like Pickens, Huntley, you know, Webb, Sanders, Barrett, Hemingway. list goes on and on and on. These guys to emerge and take over a football game like this. Um, you, you know, I, I know we – it's funny, on a week-to-week -week basis, we don't give enough love to special teams. We don't talk sure. enough about special teams. But I feel like, J.C., we sort of have to. After what happened in week one, you block two punts. You make two 50-plus-yard field goals. You have a fake field goal, you know, work successfully. Um, I don't think there's a high probability that you block two punts again. But I think it's got to make you feel good, or it should make Gamecock fans feel good, that going, you know, week-to-week, you know, that's a faster the game. Maybe you can steal. And in a game like this where you're a nine-point underdog, eight and a half, whatever you're getting it at, um, that could be a difference maker in a game like this. Absolutely. And on the road, too, I mean, you know, you you, you steal one. You steal a possession. You steal a touchdown, a quick, cheap score. Uh, you know, you're sitting there and um, – Let's say you, you have a good drive, you're up seven nothing, you get a stop, all of a sudden you block a punt and, and, and you know, either get it deep inside their territory or score a touchdown. All of a sudden they start pressing because they're down on their home field 14 nothing quickly. Uh and you kind of they don't know what hit them. And and you know, you also uh talk about Kai Kroger and field position in this game. Arkansas they, they have the ability to quick strike, don't get me wrong, uh, and it could happen, but they're not – they would much prefer five, six-minute drives. Yeah. Um, and so field position, if you can flip the field, is obviously big, um, you know, in terms of, of kind of what they like to do. Uh, you know, and obviously when you can kick 50-yard field goals, <laughs> that means points yeah. um, and things of that nature. And, and what, what I also think it does, uh, Chris, is now after what happened last week, you know, and I don't know what Sam, how much time Sam Pittman spends on special teams. Coaches vary with uh, how much emphasis they put on it. Uh, I know Steve Spurrier did not did not work teams a whole lot. Muschamp did, and of course Beamer does. But uh, you know, some coaches just don't don't emphasize it. So they have to spend more time 
during their limited practice time instead of repping offense and defense and all that, uh, work in special teams because it can literally cost you the game if you don't kind of get ready for it. So uh, I think there's a there's kind of a strategy factor that put, plays into it too just because of the limited amount of time you have in college football to prep for a game, uh, you know, taking that extra time to make sure you don't have a catastrophe in your kicking game uh, could cause you not to be able to uh, pay as much of attention as you wanted to to uh, other aspects. Now, JC, just your overall vibe of this game. You know, it's interesting. I'm very excited, cautiously optimistic, I might dare say. But certainly there are concerns. And, you know, coming off the season opener, it's just game one. But you look at the matchups, and I I was talking to you about this earlier this morning on on you guys' show inside the Gamecocks that, you know, I, I didn't love the matchup over the summer. I'm not sure there was really anything in week one that made me feel any better about it, right, especially the line of scrimmage. But a great opportunity for this football team. And I'm sure you know, obviously, because, you know, JC, you've got a feeling on the pulse of Gamecock Nation, the mood. And, you know, I think the Gamecocks, from what I've heard, have sold out their ticket allotment. It's going to be a packed crowd at Razorback Stadium. And, you know, fair or unfair, there are a lot of fans that are kind of putting almost all of their stock in this game for the season. And again, fair or unfair. And I, I would, I think you and I would both agree that's not probably the way to attack it. But this is a game, no doubt, that serves as an opportunity if you want to have a big year. You know, if you can get this one, it sets you up to, I would say, at minimum, overachieve from preseason expectations. I, I won't ask you to lock in a, a score prediction. If you want to do that, you're more than welcome. Um, but your just overall vibe and feeling going into this one, again – where I stand, cautiously optimistic, great opportunity from what we saw week one. You know, there are reasons to be concerned. There are real reasons, but either way, a great opportunity, SEC opener. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Your overall vibe, though. Yeah, it can reverse a lot of uh, negative trends. I mean, South Carolina, in front of a road crowd in the SEC, because in 2020, Vandy didn't allow fans in the stands. <laughs> so it was like a bit like a scrimmage, right? So they did win that game on the road in the SEC. But uh, since the win over Georgia in 19, right, zero for 10 on the road in the league. Closest they came, I think, was Missouri last year, which was a disappoint, very bitterly disappointing loss, in my opinion. Um, so they could reverse the road trend. Uh, you know, so, hold on. I'm going to stop you. 0-10 in SEC road games. Yeah. Since, since the start of 2020. Is that correct? Uh, since the, since uh, the win over Georgia in 19. In 19. God, that you know, is. That, that big, one of I, the biggest school history rankings. Right. Because I, I know it's 2-14, and 14, I guess, in the last 16 true sure. road games. But I did not realize the 0-10 mark since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is, that's alarming. Yeah, so yeah. And, and, and I say oh, yeah. it's really one and eleven because they did beat Vandy on the road, but I, I did. Right, 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 right. That was that. That was the one school in the league that there right, were no right. there were no fans in the stands. Yeah. So, and, and to me, it's that's kind of like a scrimmage, you know. <laughs> uh, and and Vandy played like it was a scrimmage, but it was, <laughs> and you know, you, you, so so there has to be something to stop this, right? And this is an opportunity to do it. Um, you know, I, I think you do this, you kind of get you know, sort of some breathing room because um, I, 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 I'm afraid if they lose this one, going to Kentucky on October 8th, this team's going to really be pressing against a team that has owned them, basically, you know, for, for nine years. Uh, so, you know, you, you kind of would like to get this one. I, I, I would not – I don't think – you know, we talked earlier, you have to go with what you've seen and not what you hope uh, when you're picking a game. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, – 
you know, from what I've seen, I, I pick Arkansas. I, 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 my my overall general feel is Arkansas is just probably a little bit ahead of Carolina as a program right now. Uh, they've learned how to win. They've won some big ones, you know, like they did last year. You know, Carolina hadn't quite gotten there yet. Um, but they could. You know, things changed at an instant in this game. That's why we love it. Uh, and, and so that would that would, would, would a win Saturday. That's what that would kind of mean for South Carolina. It would almost be just like Arkansas beating Texas last year and getting on that roll early, uh, giving them the confidence to go ahead and continue to compete. And, 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 you know, you get that confidence and, and you keep going and, and rocking and rolling. And, you know, as far as Gamecock Nation goes, uh, I think they'd just be happy to, to see some blocking and some points scored on Saturday. I mean, honestly, yeah. the, the positivity from the beginning of the year hadn't, hadn't you know, been beaten back yet, but but it's taken a taken a blow a little. It's taken a little bit of a, a slap, a little bit, you know, after last week. And uh, uh, this this group, this program, uh, the school, uh, heading into a Titanic uh, weekend, uh, recruiting wise and everything else with Georgia the next weekend, getting a win here uh, just ups the ante and, and really puts them, I think, ahead of schedule. And so, you know, if they go out and execute and things are clicking on offense, I, I think they can have a big day and, and, and have a big win. I, I, much respect for Arkansas, but uh, they're not unbeatable. This is not Alabama. This is not Georgia last year. Uh, I'm still not convinced Georgia's as good as they were last year, even though they look like it. Um, th- this matchup isn't even as brutal as like last year when they went to Tennessee and couldn't handle the tempo. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a very evenly matched game talent wise. Uh, it's going to come down to execution and, and coaching. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes who wants it more? And, and those, those are the things that will decide the game. JC Sherbert of the Big Spur inside the game. JC, one last thing before we get you out of here. And I know we'll touch on this probably even more in depth next weekend or next week, I should say, because of the recruiting visits and everything that's going to be coming up. But anything to update on the recruiting side of things? I know once we get into the season, that sort of takes center stage. But obviously, recruiting never stops. Anything yeah. of note that uh, Gamecock fans should be aware of from the recruiting side of things? Sure, yeah. I mean, you got Nicholas Harbor's official visit coming in uh, next weekend. We touched on that. But uh, something maybe people didn't know, uh, Desmond Uziamulu. Uh, I mispronounced it. Desmond you, Desmond, <laughs> yeah, Desmond you. <laughs> uh, Big Tree, Babalade, uh, Sandy, uh, the safety from, from D- all the – D.C. area kids are going to come down uh, for the Georgia game unofficially. And so I think that's big, you know, because you have, what, what, three kids from the area already committed, uh, and and you got this five-star Titanic recruit on campus, this five-star, you know, and and I think sometimes recruiting, it it gets contagious, right? And so uh, sometimes when you you have a bunch of guys that are really good, talented players – and then they got another one, you know, and they're all going to South Carolina or wherever. It gives them permission, especially when you're dealing with a school like Carolina that's not, uh, I don't want to call it off brand, but it, it's not one of the big, you know, brands in college football. So uh, I think I think that's a, a big thing to watch uh, next weekend for the Georgia game. I, just, I hope they keep uh, Harbor and his family in the air conditioning because <laughs> get them a suite, man, after they go down for the for 2001 and all that because it's going to be a scorcher. Yeah. Translation from J.C. Sherbert, pack out Willie B. no matter what happens. And I know, again, we'll talk about this more next week, but definitely pack it out. Make that atmosphere the best in the country when the dogs come to town. But first, again, of course, this weekend against Arkansas, J.C., we'll talk about it all next week. I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. It's always a pleasure, and uh, look forward to doing it again next week.
Okay, thanks, Chris. Always fun, man. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, man. Take care. Appreciate yeah. you, JC. Great stuff. Again, that was JC Sherbert. Guys, fantastic conversation. Truly, I appreciate JC hopping on the show. Glad the technical issues subsided uh, for long enough for us to do that. And, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to have him. Appreciate his insight. And, uh, you know, I, I think, listen, a very real, uh, I think a very real take, um, very realistic take from JC Sherbert. Um, you know, you go off what you see and, Certainly the Gamecocks have got a chance to win this football game, but, you know, there's a lot of things that have got to improve. There's just a lot of things that have got to come around because Arkansas, they're not, they're not Alabama, they're not Georgia, but they're a quality football team. There's no doubt they're a quality football team. Um, they've got good players across the board. They've got NFL-caliber players in the Gamecocks. But I, I, I'll put it to you this way. South Carolina does not fluke their way to a win on Saturday. If, if you go on the road and you beat Arkansas – this is a quality football team. I, and I think that's why, again, it's such a big deal for fans to win this one. Uh, and again, no moral victories. Not just show up and play close, but win. Because if you win this game, you are announcing to everyone, we are a quality football team. This, this is not your typical South Carolina year. We're floating around five or six wins and just, you know, fighting to get the bowl eligibility, and we're just happy with that. You go beat the Hogs on Saturday. You are announcing to the college football world, certainly to the SEC, we are here. We're for real. We're not a 10, 11, 12 win team yet, but we are here to overachieve, and we're going to give everybody on this schedule hell that we play. And, and I would agree again with what JC said about, you know, you're talking about a football team. And another reason why it's so big, you know, if you don't beat Arkansas, and then Georgia happens, and, and you're sitting there one and two, um, you got Charlotte and SC State the next two weeks, and, and no doubt you'll take care of your business, but, uh, you know, you're going to come into that Kentucky game and it's just going to feel like everything's on the line in that game. It, it's going to be such an important game. Must We're not saying it wouldn't be otherwise, but, um, you know, I, I've talked about the importance of splitting Arkansas and Kentucky. And if you can get this one on the road against the Hogs, man, it just would do so much good for your program. So, you know, we'll see. Again, great opportunity. Like I mentioned, I'm cautiously optimistic, but J.C. Sherwood, I thought a fantastic job of, uh, of uh, you know, voicing his takes and opinions on everything. And we appreciate JC, guys, in case you missed any of that conversation. Check out the Daily Crow uh, via podcast form, iTunes, Spotify. Also, guys, what I will do is I will clip the JC conversation and upload that, the full convo, to YouTube in its own video. And we're doing that with all of our guests, by the way. So if you look at our YouTube page, all of the guest conversations we have, I'm clipping them and putting them in their own video for each of the appearances. They're in their own playlists as well, so you can check that out. Of course, guys, Daily Crow will air tomorrow, noon to 2. Podcast will drop tomorrow as well. I'll have my full uh, breakdown of this game. Storylines, key matchups, keys to the game. I'll lock in my prediction as well. Great stuff. Uh, and, of course, guys, one final reminder. One final reminder. Uh, Saturday, Carolina Alehouse in downtown Greenville for the noon kickoff. Would love to have all my upstate Gamecocks, my Greenville Gamecocks come out to that. I think, you know, we're, we're teaming up with the, the Greenville Gamecock Club and the, and the Alumni Association and all these folks. Hey, the more the merrier. Come on out. Going to be one hell of a time. Want to see all the Gamecocks we can at this event. We've got the upstairs reserved. We'll have game sound on. Do not worry. I've got it all taken care of. My Alehouse people, they're going to take care of of my people I also have koozies and towels for sale at the event um gonna be a really really good time man looking forward to it the first of our watch parties for this 2022 football season cannot 
wait. Guys, hey, that's going to do it. We've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Stay tuned for all the content. Y'all have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.